Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International and Compass Group International, and welcome to another episode of Retire in Thailand. Today's episode, uh, I want to talk about more about mindset and more about getting your head straight and getting you ready for this, for this new adventure, this new life uh, abroad. And one of the things that is very, very important and people don't realize is Retiring or moving overseas, it's not just about finances. It's not just about finding the right place, the right location, the right home. It's also about mindset, about getting your head straight. Because coming here, and I talk a lot about this on, on a couple of my podcasts, and please tune back to it because I'm not going to repeat everything, but I want to expand more about mindset, about having a better frame of mind and thinking right, being more positive. You know, this episode sparked because I had a, a few messages, really nice messages, and, and thank you so much for your support out there, and I really appreciate your messages, and, and I'm so glad that these podcasts are helpful uh, because I want to do the best I can in sharing my experiences in searching for my piece of paradise, and I don't want you to make the same mistakes I have, and that's why I put these podcasts together, and it seems that my mindset episode really sparked a lot of a lot of good things with some individuals. I'm like, you know what? That really helped out. I never really thought about doing these kind of things and preparing myself to live abroad. And one thing I want to talk about is distractions and negative environment. I say it many times to friends and to anybody that I'm a true and firm believer that you are the product of your environment. You are almost a direct reflection of the closest two to three people you hang out with. And it's true. You know, I'm very fortunate enough to have some wonderful, wonderful friends. And I, I, I want to talk about some of them because they've really inspired me and they're, and they're so supportive. But the one thing before I get into that is as I got older, you know, my wife and I are introverted, uh, but we, it seems that we're extroverts because we had businesses in public speaking, uh, and people don't realize that introverts are actually, they thrive very well independently, and also they thrive very well in being with another introvert. So my wife and I, we have a lot of wonderful friends, but we don't spend time with a lot of our friends. We like to spend time together in our family. We're very both very family-oriented, but we love, she is my best friend. We've been together for three years now, and my wife and I, it just gets better and better and better because we're so much alike. And I'm always a firm believer that yes, opposites do attract, but they don't last. I believe that you have to be with someone that at least you are 80 to 90% compatible in the sense of your likes and beliefs. My wife and I, I would say we are probably 99% compatible when it comes down to our likes, our beliefs, our behaviors, uh, the way we think. We are very, very similar, and that's why we get along so well. And as we're talking, you know, I was mentioning to her, I, I said, you know, because she was kidding around. She's like, yeah, so, so many social media channels. And she's like, you know, I only have a couple and, and it's hard enough to manage. And she's like, she's like, you have so many. I said, you know what? It's time for me to cut, 
cut them down, start to consolidate some of them. And I said, in addition to eliminating half of my Facebook fan pages, combining them, and also my other Instagram channels, uh, my numerous YouTube channels, I'm going to consolidate everything. And now I'm down to, I think I only have four Facebook uh, pages, uh, one or two Instagram, and then only one YouTube channel, one Twitter. And then I told her, I'm going to eliminate my personal Facebook. She's like, I think it's a good idea, but why? Why why do you think about doing that? I said, because right now, all of my traffic and everything I do online is pretty much revolved around business, revolved around my real estate business. I don't post any personal stuff any longer. So why keep, why keep that page? And also, I have such strong relationships with my friends for decades and decades, I don't need to have Facebook. If I want to talk to them, I'm going to WhatsApp them, I'm going to send them a Facebook message, we're going to chat some way, somehow. But I'm not gonna, I don't need a personal Facebook page to keep in contact with them because many of them are actually doing the same exact thing. They're not posting as much on their personal Facebook pages. So I'm going to eliminate it. I'm going to um, basically eliminate that page and I just keep my personal Facebook fan pages for my professional use. She's like, that's a great idea. She's like, I think I'm going to do the same exact thing too. So I want everyone to think about this. Is that one of the things about your environment is what is your environment like? And this, what I'm going to talk about today, isn't just helpful for moving abroad, working abroad, retiring abroad. But also, if you're not planning on retiring or going anywhere, just sit and put where you are. But doing these little things... And these little things are not my idea. I've read it through numerous books on human behavior, psychology, um, you know, how to, you know, how to better yourself, those type of self-help books. And the one thing is eliminating unnecessary distractions and eliminating unnecessary people. Every single year, my close friends know this, I do a purge on my Facebook. I start defriending and deleting people. Not that I don't like them. It's just that maybe I had one or two conversations with them and we add each other on Facebook, but that's it. We don't have any more contact. So what's the, what's the point of having that relationship or having that connection? Because there is no connection. So every single year at the end of the year, I would purge people off my Facebook. But now I'm, I purged everyone off. I eliminated everyone. So think about this on your Facebook, just on your Facebook alone. How many friends do you have, whether it's a couple hundred or you're maxed out to 5,000, which I was at one time too, how many of those people do you actually truly have a personal and intimate connection with? How many of those people do you have on your Facebook that you never met? They just added you or you just added them. That's not a true connection. That's why... Study after study have shown that the appeal of social media and the popular use of social media has actually made people feel more lonely 
lonelier than ever. Isn't that ironic? Is that when you look at things like Facebook and Instagram, they're supposed to be people connectors. Yeah, they connect people, but then it's emptiness. It's like basically going to Starbucks and they're like, you order your, your latte. Well, I like their cascara latte. And here's the cascara latte. And then I go for a drink, but there's nothing inside. Everything else says Starbucks. I got the little, I got the little, you know, the little sleeve that goes on it. I got the Starbucks cup. I got the lid on it. Got my name, Will, on it. But I wanted to take a drink. There's no, there's no cascara latte in there. There's nothing in there. It's empty. It's a facade. I'm holding in my hand everything that says I'm drinking a Starbucks coffee, but there's no Starbucks coffee. The really true heart of why I went to Starbucks is for the coffee, and the coffee is not there. Just like the true heart of going to the social media pages and creating an account and adding friends is to create true interpersonal connections to help you connect with one another, but those connections are nothing but empty glasses or cups of Starbucks. You just got the cup, but there's no coffee in there. You've got the connections, but you don't have the friends. You have the high friend count, but you don't have true, intimate, real relationships with these individuals. You know, all throughout my life, and I've had many, I have lots of friends. I always had lots of friends. Very personable. When I was young, I was an extrovert, and as I got grow older, I became an introvert. And my parents told me one time when I was in high school, because you remember that in high school? Your life is all about the friends. Who cares about your parents? Your parents are dumb. They don't know anything because they're old. And they don't know anything about you because you are this, this, this raging, this teenager with raging hormones and you think you know it all. My parents told me, you're going to realize one day that having all these friends isn't going to satisfy you. That the most important things in your life is going to be your family and just a handful of close friends. I'm like, no, no way. That's never going to happen. Just because my dad told me one time, I remember we were at, um, I don't know, every time we're at some wilderness place, like uh, in Tucson, we would go camping maybe in Mount Lemmon in the Catalina Mountains or maybe going to California and camping like in Yosemite Park. And my parents would be like, you know, telling my brother, wow, this place is amazing. Can't you see yourself living here? My brother like, no way. We could never live here. There's nothing here. My parents said, exactly. As you get older, you're going to realize you're going to want more peace and quiet. Oh, no way. And it's true. You know, the crazy thing is, and, and you probably realize this too. If I listened to just 50 to maybe 70% or 75% of what my, the advice my parents told me when I was young, not even when I was young, even when I was in 20s, late 20s, making millions, I would have been retired over 10 years ago. 
You know, it's like you, you look at throughout your life, your parents give you direction and you fight and fight because you think you know it all just to realize later like, oh man, mom and dad were right. They were so right. I shouldn't have done this. Should have done that. Shouldn't have bought this. They were right. So now I've realized is that I have wonderful friends and I no longer have these personal pages like a Facebook personal page. So my true friends will always still be there. And if they're not, then they're just not true friends. Or not even that they're not true friends. It's just that they have lives too. They have husbands. They have wives. Girlfriends, boyfriends. They have kids. They have work. They have a business to run. They have other things. So what I'm suggesting is give it a try. If you're one of these individuals that has massive amount of friends and following, but you feel lonely inside, I think it's time to reanalyze your environment, your virtual environment, and make a change for the better. Start eliminating the people that really don't mean anything in your life. All they are is just a number. All they are is their friend number 2,336. If you don't really know who they are, there's no reason to keep them around. And I'll tell you, after do this final purge, closing the count, I do feel better. I feel so like this weight has been lifted my shoulder because there are so many people that I had that, like I said, I had, com- I had one or two conversations with in the past, a year, two, five, ten years ago, and never talked to them again. And how many people now? So this is really interesting. It is one of my very, very close friends who lives in the East Coast. And he's like, he's like, you know, if we're talking about Facebook functions and we're talking about uh, this new function, which came out many years ago, where you're able to hide your friend's your friends' timeline post. Because sometimes you just get annoyed when people are just posting dog picture, dog picture, dog picture, dog picture, baby picture, baby picture, baby picture, baby picture. And, you know, just, or picture, or even worse, selfie, 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 dog picture, dog picture, cat picture, cat picture, selfie, 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 selfie. Yeah, they get annoying, right? So it's great when Facebook, we're talking about the Facebook function, like it's, it's really cool that now you can hide your friend's timeline post so you have to see these annoying pictures all the time, especially these selfies. I said, yeah, I really like that. I said, you know what? I'm going to be very honest with you. I said, what I've done with Facebook is I created it into my personal newspaper. All the news events and, and the articles and organizations I can read from, I basically created this virtual paper as my Facebook timeline. And I've hidden all of my friends, including you. And he's like, you know what's funny? I did the same exact thing. And he said, he said, well, when I want to see what you're doing, I'll just, I'll just type your name and I'll go to your page and I'll see what you're doing. But other than that, my time also is just of news, news events and stuff that I want to follow and I want to read. And 
if you haven't tried that yet, if you don't want to start purging people, try that. Get rid of all those negative people, especially people that are just posting selfie after selfie after selfie. I mean, that's a narcissistic behavior in a whole other level. Or worse yet, you ladies, you probably have a friend that does nothing. What's the word, the term for that? Is when they do, um, they're bragging, but they're trying to be humble bragging. So how many of you ladies and gentlemen have friends that are humble braggers? Like the lady, she's like, oh, my husband just bought me this brand new Chanel purse. I didn't want it, but he bought it for me anyway. Or, or the guy, oh my God, it's like, you know what? You know, I really didn't want it, but you know, I, I bought this brand new Ferrari Portofino or the, or the Ferrari Roma. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a little gift for myself. Humble bragging, humble bragging. People get annoyed by that. People think that do that, actually like, oh yeah. Um, they think that people are going to look at them in a different light because they're not bragging about it. They're just being humble about it. People might say, oh wow, you deserve it. You're great. Let me give you a pat on the back. But no, we all see through that BS and we know it's humble bragging. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. So the one story I want to I talk about is I had a while back, I had a very, very close friend of mine. We've been friends uh, for over 10 years now. And, uh, and we met for dinner. And we met for dinner and it was him, his girlfriend, and then he introduced me to another buddy of his. And uh, I haven't seen him for close to three years. And here I am, I walk into the restaurant, I see him, and he just gives me this great big hug. And he's such a great and wonderful friend. Gives me this great big hug and introduces to his girlfriend, introduces me to his, to his buddy that joined us. And we have this wonderful, wonderful dinner. Uh, it was Asian. Uh, Asian fusion food. We had uh, a couple bottles of really expensive Pinot Noir. And what I love about what I love about him, and I do the same exact thing too. One of the key indicators of a wonderful friend are kind of these three things. Number one, they will brag about you. When you have a friend that brags about you, that's a great friend. They respect you and they want everybody to know what a wonderful person you are. And I also in the habit of doing that because I love my friends. Bragging about your friend to others is a clear sign that you're a great friend. Or if someone does that for you, they're a great friend. That's number one. Number two is very, very simple. If you know a friend that will pick you up from the airport or help you move, that's also, those two other things are also a great friend because it's too easy to say, hey, you know what, let me just give you some money. Let me just hire some people for you to help you move, but I don't want to do it. And I have wonderful friends like that that I call up and they've helped me like that in the past and I would do the same thing for them too. But the thing is, is that in the table, that's what he was doing. You know, was, he, he was talking about me to, this, to his girlfriend and to this uh, new friend that he's introducing me to. And he's like, you know, will this, will that. And, and I'm just sitting there in all awe and I'm like, that's a great friend. He's a wonderful friend. 
And then as we wrapped up dinner, his girlfriend goes to the bathroom, the other buddy goes to the bathroom, and we're both sitting there, and we stand up, getting ready to leave, and he's, and he's like, I just gave you another hug. And he just gives me this great big hug, that's gonna, we're just going to hold each other for a bit, and it just feels good. That's a real connection. And you know what? We're not Facebook friends. Yes, I've li- I liked uh, I liked his Facebook fan page, and he's like mine. But that's not important. It's not important that he likes my post or I like his post. What's important is that we stay connected, and when we can, we try to see each other. And when we talk, even when we're talking on the telephone, he's like, how are you doing? And we talk about our backgrounds, or, or should I say what we're up to, what we're doing. And I always, you know, I always love, you know, one of the questions that, that he asks when we have to see each other for a bit. He's like, what is the most important project that you're doing now that you're most proud of? That is a great question. You know, I'm going to steal that from him. That's a great question. You know, we've, all of my friends, all of my friends, and I could say that I don't have too many really close friends anymore. I mean, really true close friends. I would say maybe a handful, a little more than a handful. But these individuals, I don't have to talk to them every day. I don't have to see them every day. I don't need to text them every day. But when we talk, we picked up exactly where we left off and we will literally be on the phone for hours because we have that kind of connection because we're able to talk about everything. You know, it's funny when I was talking to his girlfriend, I said, you know, last time we saw each other, uh, we were also having dinner and we were talking about everything. We were talking about ghosts. We were talking about religion. We were talking about UFOs. We were talking about conspiracy. We're talking about politics. We were talking about relationships. We were talking about work. We are talking about travel. And that's a huge spectrum. When you, when you, when you listen to the topics I just threw out, that's a huge spectrum of topics. And we spent hours over many glasses of wine talking about that. And it was, it's great when you can do that with someone that you're so close to. That is a real connection. That's a real connection. So I urge you to, during this time, during this really tough time for many, for so many people that are in financial hardship because they've lost their job, they have had to shut down their business, is during this downtime is to start cleaning up your environment, not just physically, but also virtually. I'm going to talk about physically in just a second, but virtually is so important. Start with that first. Because the less that you see and you start hiding or deleting humble braggers, you don't feel you have to keep up with the Joneses any longer. Because there are so many of them. You know, it's like everybody, you know, it seems like everybody is hurting financially, but you have those one friends that are still doing so well and they're buying these brand new mansions and, 
and doing this and doing that and going to these restaurants and they're humble bragging. And you get annoyed with that. Excuse me. So get rid of that or at least hide it and just put nothing but positive stuff on your timeline. But better yet, like I said, is eliminate them. Because a true friend will realize that deleting them and unfriending them on Facebook is not the end all. It's just a virtual software. It's just an app. When you have a true connection with someone, they are not going to take that as an offense and still want to be your friend. Because I'll tell you, when I did that, when I, when I basically deleted everyone, unfriended everyone from my personal Facebook, and the only reason why I keep it around is because, I, and again, it's my, it's my virtual newspaper, but I'll, I'll probably delete it at the end of the year. But the thing is, is that I know that I have so many friends I still have not talked to since I've done that. And I know they're not taking it to offense. It's just they're busy. But should I call them up? come back to the States or they come to Thailand or, or wherever it may be, we're going to pick up like we, where we just left off. Everything's going to be fine. So the thing is, is that as we get older, what you want to do is you want to eliminate the bad environment. The bad environments are the ones that help create bad habits. And those are the humble braggers, the ones you feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses. That's a bad habit. I got into that bad habit when I lived in Newport Beach, trying to keep up with the Joneses. Spending more money, spending more money, spending more money. Horrible. You got to get rid of those kind of people. The best type of friends are successful friends, like the friend I just talked about. He's extremely successful. Extremely successful. Worth millions. But he's not a humble bragger. He's a person that I look up to. I respect. And, and, the, and the respect is mutual. Yes, he makes more money than I do, but we're at equal planes. We treat each other equally, as equals. We have a, that type of respect for one another. And that's what's important. When you see people feel that, oh, I'm better than you, but again, they're not really showing it, they're humbly doing it, or they're doing it under their breath sarcastically. Those are people you just got to get rid of, man. They don't do anything for you mentally. They really don't. And then when it comes down to the physical environment during this downtime, you know, remember Marie Kondo, you know, uh, the, the Netflix Japanese lady that basically helped people tidy up their homes. You know, if it doesn't give you the feeling of love or feeling of joy, get rid of it. That is actually true. That is very, very true. If you haven't seen the series, I recommend you do see the series. But right now, during this downtime, clean the clutter. If you're pack rats, just start throwing crap out. Because when you are surrounded by clutter, that's what it feels like internally. You just subconsciously don't know. Like my wife and I, we, our homes are spotless. We do not leave clutter. We actually like a more zen-like 
a very minimalistic type of environment or should we say is how we furnish our homes because when you walk into it and everything's open and and nothing's cluttered it feels good we don't have clothes lying everywhere or or boxes of things everywhere we always put everything away because it feels good have you ever been to let's just say you live in a really cluttered home then you go visit a friend and they're just the opposite and you're like oh my god this feels so Oh, it's so open and you don't have clothes lying everywhere or stacks of bottled water everywhere or this and that or all your Costco pantry stuff that's spilling over into the kitchen. Even having your, 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 your pots and pans sitting there on, on the um, stovetop. You're like, wow, I wish my home was like this. Well, you can make your home like that. Just get rid of stuff. You know what's really was really interesting is that um, I went to kind of a friend's of friend's house, and I stayed there one night. And uh, this individual loved to keep old newspaper clippings. Not no no not even new, old newspaper clippings, old newspapers. So he had stacks. I kid you not, like stacks and stacks and stacks all over the living room of newspapers that he collected every single day that dated for years. And I'm asking him, like, why does he keep that? He's like, well, he thinks he wants to go back and read it. I'm like, well, has he heard of Google? He's like, yeah, but I have no idea why he does that. And then he also keeps, it's really funny, is empty jugs of protein. You know, those little whey protein that you can buy like at Costco or GNC? keeps empty bottles of those as like displays in this house, in the kitchen. I'm like, what's the purpose of that? Does he want everyone to say, oh, wow, do you work out? Is that what he wants me to ask him? Hey, do you work out? I see these million bottles of empty protein bottles. So you must want me to ask you, do you work out? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I think he does. The thing is, get rid of that kind of stuff. It does nothing. Start throwing out old newspapers and magazines, even canceling magazine subscriptions that you don't use, that you don't no longer read. Just get rid of the clutter because it will feel so much better. A clean house, a clutter-free home really does open you up. You know, in Japanese, they call it kind of that Zen atmosphere. In, in the Chinese, uh, we call it um, feng shui. And feng shui is basically organizing your home so the energy can flow. It's very important to have energy flow throughout the house. It may seem hokey, but it doesn't. And let me give you an example why it doesn't feel hokey. If you don't feel that an uncluttered home makes you feel better, and if your home is cluttered, this weekend or sometime, whenever, head over to a nearby new home development and walk into their model homes because those model homes are clutter-free. How many of you had done that recently? Think about that. When you walked in home, you're like, oh my God. Oh, this feels so good. Oh, it's so bright. It's so airy. Oh, I wish my home was like this. 
wish my kids can clean my, you know, keep the home clean like this. There's not toys and crap everywhere. I wish my husband uh, doesn't have to put his, you know, his gym bag and tennis shoes and stuff everywhere. Or, or some guys will say, I wish my wife, you know, she needs a whole closet for her shoes. She just leaves a line everywhere. That's what your home should feel like every day when you come in. It should feel free and open where the energy flows throughout the home. That's the one thing I love about the architecture here in Asia is that in the States, condos, even single-family homes, waste so much space. When you, when you look at Asia, a 300-square-foot, one-bedroom condo or even a studio feels almost double the size. And the reason why is because they're exactly a square. They're not like long, like a rectangle, but they're like a square. So they know how to utilize and put things where they need to be, where it still feels open. Like one of our condos is only 500 square feet, but it feels like almost double the size because of the way it's designed. We have another condo at the beach that's only one bedroom, it's 300 square feet, but it feels double the size. It's like when are American developers gonna, gonna figure this out because American homes are so freaking huge and so much waste of space. You know, I, I remember going to a friend's house and it's like 4,500 or 5,000 square feet and they only have one kid. And I'm like going through the house, I'm like, I'm like, dude, what do you do with all these rooms? He's like, storage. I'm like, do you even go upstairs to your loft? He's like, I don't think we're putting a pool table there. I'm like, well, don't waste your time because I've done the whole pool table thing and you play with it a little bit and it just collects dust. He's like, yeah, I kind of heard that. And I said, convert it to a home gym or something. But a huge house, three people, and they only use maybe half of it. Complete waste of space. Complete waste of space. So that's, you know, that's one of the things that you can do during this downtime to take your mind and your sorrows away from how financially this pandemic has impacted you is doing these little things that's going to make you feel a little bit better. And as you do more and more of them, you're going to feel better and better and better. And then you're like, wow, I feel fantastic. Even though I freaking had to close my business down, but I feel better. I have a better mindset. If you have a better mindset, that means you have a better outlook in life. The outlook in life means success is just right around the corner. And success is just right around the corner. Doing little things. Clean up your digital footprint with your digital friends. Establishing better, closer, interpersonal relationships with your friends and your family too. Because those are what's important right now. It's not about, it's not about the number. You know, one of my favorite authors, New York Times bestselling author, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he wrote The Thank You Economy, Ask Gary V, and obviously uh, Crush It, which is his first one, one of my favorite books. And he says this all the time. You know, he's a social media guru. He owns Vayner Media, and one of the top media companies, and he has clients from NFL, NBA, 
you know, major organizations. And he says this a lot. It's not about the quantity of likes on your post. You have to get away from that mindset. It's not about having 10,000 likes on your post or having a million subscribers. It's about the quality of people that have subscribed to you, following you, and liking your post. It's about those raving fans. And it's interesting because, you know, we have a media company and we, and we also uh, do a lot of consulting for a lot of developers, more developers, and also other organizations. And when I was helping my wife create her online brand uh, for her corporate, um, her corporate business called Empower Thailand, so she's a corporate trainer, she asked me that. I, 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 said, I said, babe, don't worry about that. It's not about the quality. Because she would say, oh my God, I only got like 30 likes. Oh my God, my YouTube page is just like struggling. I'm not getting enough people. I said, babe, it's not about the, qual it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality of people. Because the people that are liking your post, those are future clients or those are, those are people that you already taught that are your raving fans and they're going to brag about you and they're going to follow you and they're going to repost your stuff. And she's like, yeah, oh, that makes sense. So that's what you have to remember. When you're cleaning your stuff up, it's not about the quantity of how many friends you have. It's about the quality of your friends, your connections. Are they making an effort to spread your brand, help building your network? Are they making an effort to make you feel good? It's so simple. It's so simple. But nobody even realizes that. Such a little tiny thing. Friends and family members that don't make you feel good, that do nothing but inflict pain, suffering, and poison. They're like the cancer that just won't go away, like that virus that's attacking you every time you see them. I'm like, why do you keep those people around? Just because you're a blood relative with that family does not mean you can't get rid of them in a, in a sense of keep a, keep a distance from them so they're not spewing poison to you. How many people have that type of connections? There are a lot of you that have that type of connections. You know, that one friend that always feels that they're better than you. You know, do those little, those, do those little pot shots, you know, being sarcastic with you, embarrasses you in public. Oh, but it's so funny. Oh, they can take it. No. That's a douche of a friend or even a family relative. Distance yourself from them. Don't talk to them. If they're a professional relationship, keep your distance. Keep it professional, but keep your distance. Those type of people do nothing but keep you down. They keep pushing you down. They don't want you to succeed. They don't, 
they, they are miserable people themselves and they want everyone around them to be as miserable as them or even more miserable as them than them. They're emotional vampires. And I think everyone knows what that is. And I got rid of my emotional vampires a long, long time ago. Decades ago. And that made me a better person. It made me less angry. It helped me become successful. Because I was a loser when I was a kid. I'm not afraid to admit that. I was dumb. I wasn't a C student. I was a D student at best. I was a failing student. I didn't know anything. I was just dumb, unintelligent, angry. But when I changed my environment, I got better. I started reading. I started educating myself. I got smarter. Boosted my IQ. Made better decisions. Became more self-confident. And became more successful. Success is not just about making money. Success is about personal well-being. You can be making millions, but are you happy? If you're not, then you've failed in life. There's, there's no question. But if you're poor, and you're freaking happy, and you feel freaking great, that person to me is more successful than the multimillionaire that's depressed, doing drugs, and all their connections are failing. Divorced, kids don't like them. That poor person that's happy, that's a successful person to me. Because you can't take it to your grave. Life is about personal happiness, but not being selfish about it, not being some narcissistic jerk, all about me, all about me. How many people have people like that in your surrounding where it's all about them? You know what always amazes me, I was just talking to my wife about it this morning, is I was talking to her some about like my, my friends' husbands, my female friends' husbands. I'm like, it's always weird, you know, when you see, like, how selfish some husbands can be. When a wife says, oh, there's a girly movie, can we go? And he's like, no, go with your girlfriends, I don't want to go with you. I'm like, I can never figure that out. It's like, why don't they do that? Is it because it's too manly? Do they think that if they go to a romantic comedy, they're all of a sudden turn gay? And I really think sometimes they do. It's really funny. Some of these guys are so machismo that they can't even go see a romantic comedy with their wife or their girlfriend because they feel that it's beneath them and that they may actually be gay. I think subconsciously they actually believe that. It's going to turn them gay. It's, it's so ridiculous. Such a little thing like that they can't even do. So if you have those type of people, you have to get rid of them. Because... Friendships should be equal, playing field. doesn't matter how much more money they make, how much more things they have than you, but they should respect you equally. And respect should come from love and from sharing experiences together, not for financial worth or material things. I treat everyone with respect and compassion and also a well-mannered to all of them. I don't care if you are a front desk person or someone at McDonald's taking my order at the drive-thru or the wait staff uh, at a restaurant. I'm going to treat you equally as well 
and be well-mannered as if you are my family relative or a very close friend of mine. When people can't show that type of respect to anyone in public, deep inside they're a douche. Have you met those people? They're your friend, you go to a restaurant and they treat the, west, the, 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 the restaurant staff like their own personal slaves. Talk down to them, they're mean to them. It's because they have no respect for those people because they feel that because they have a better job, they make more money, they're better than them. So they can treat them whatever they want. That's wrong. That's not a good person. No matter what you believe, you stick up for them, that is not a good person. And those type of people will turn on you. Very narcissistic behavior. So during this downtime, you have all these things you can think about. Is this, is that if your life, or should I say, if the light at the end of the tunnel is closing, and you see this dim little light, or maybe it's out, well, you can relight that flame by doing these tiny little changes in your life to reignite that flame, to make it brighter and brighter and brighter, where you're like, F yeah, I'm ready to conquer the world again. And I hope you do. So thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you in Thailand.